Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Quinania on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, filling in for Tom Brown today. And today we are talking about this concept of why God wants us in relationship. I mean, really, what's the point? Sometimes it's really painful, and sometimes I don't want to do relationship anymore. And so we talked a lot in the first segments about this idea that relationship is unavoidable. And before I forget, I want to remind you to please go uh, to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And all of these shows that I do on relationships are on podcasts. And you can also listen to me on this very station on Sundays at 4 o'clock with Conversations with Cynthia, where we talk a lot about relationship and gender differences and understanding the whole point, and we are in the middle of um, a series on dating. So if you're interested in that, you can join, join me on Sundays at 4 p.m. on Conversations with Cynthia. So back to our topic here, why God wants us in relationship. So why would that be so important to God? Well, we saw in the very beginning in Genesis um, chapter 2, verse 18, that it's not good to be alone. And so he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And at that point, Adam was in perfect relationship and Adam was perfect. And God still said, it's not quite perfect. He needs another person. And so he created Eve. So what we, now I can go with a lot of jokes, but I'm not going to do that today. So what I want you to think about is the concept that God really knows how he created us. He is the creator and he knows his design. And he knows that humans are intended for relationship, for deep meaningful relationship. We see this throughout the scripture, that that is what God is doing with us, is he is progressively and aggressively wanting to know us and wanting us to let him know us. And the thing that's always so amazing to me about God, if you are a Christian, then you know that Jesus lives inside of you. And it's always amazing to me how God can respect my privacy so well, that, that I don't feel invaded by God. I can feel comforted knowing he's in me, but I still feel privacy. And so even though God made me and desperately wants to know me by my willingness to be known, he always affords me privacy. So I get to tell him things when I want to tell him. And he's very careful about revealing things to me before I can handle them. And so when we see this relationship that we have with God, we understand how powerful that is and how necessary it is for the life of a human. And we see that in the life of Jesus, that the one thing that he could not contend with, that he could not endure, is when his father turned his face, when he was actually separate from his father. That is the thing, it killed him. So we see that humans are made for relationship. And you get all these examples uh, of when people don't have someone to relate to, they, they will befriend anything. And you see that in the movie with Tom Cruise and Castaway where he talked to the basketball. Because he's human. He had to talk to someone. And so he made that basketball an entity that he could, that he could relate to. And we see in the movie The Shawshank Redemption where the, the man had the, the really good relationship with, with that little mouse. Or in different prison movies where they have relationship with little bugs. I mean, this is how powerful relationship is to humans. So we know that God says it's not good for humans to be alone. So if you're listening to this and you are feeling alone, I really do want to encourage you to listen to some of the shows that I've done on that and what the, the current one that we're doing now on dating and also on relationships as a whole. That one of the primary ways that we battle loneliness, that we battle neediness, 
is working our, on a relationship with ourself and with God. And we say to ourselves, you know, if I don't want to be in relationship, why would someone else want to be in relationship with me? If I want to avoid me, if I don't want to be with me, why would somebody else? And so in my practice, many times I am working with individuals on accepting themselves and loving themselves the way that God loves them and, and supporting themselves and being a friend to themselves. Because, you know, you're with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're never going to get away. And one of the things that God revealed to me, and it may sound very obvious to all of you, but God said, you know, Cynthia, you're going to be Cynthia forever. You're going to be with you forever. And I thought, wow, I better make peace with myself because I'm going to be with myself for a very, very long time. And in the second part of my thought, I was thought, wow, and God wants to be with me forever. With me? Who would want to be with me forever? I don't even want to be with me forever. And so we see the power in really accepting the love of God. That that's how he feels about us, in spite of our sin, in spite of the mistakes that we have made and the mistakes we are currently indulging in and the mistakes that we're going to make. He wants to be with us forever. And so we see that this is why relationship is so important to God, that this is part of his image and this is part of how he made us. He also gives us a great example in John 3.16, where he, where he gives us the example of how far he will go to prove how much he loves relationship with humans. And that's when he said he sent his only son, his only son to die on a cross for us so that we can have salvation, that we can live with him forever. And he says, for God so loved the world. And that's a powerful thing to understand is that God is giving us love before we're even responding back to him. That he is willing to love all these people that may never, ever respond to him, may never give back that love to him. So we also see that in spite of what he knew about us, he loves us. And that's that Romans 5.8. I love that verse. It says, you know, that God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That Christ died for us knowing who we were and where we were at and knowing that these are the people that he's dying for. And he did it anyways with full knowledge, eyes wide open. And so what does that mean? It also means in John 15, 13, he says, no greater love has, has a man than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. So he's even willing to follow his own example. This is the power of God and why God is desiring us. And when we really can grasp that, and we are really able to give that also to ourselves, we are that much better able to then be in healthy relationship with other mistake-making humans that are struggling with the same things. And so we always are working from the inside out. So I'm always reminding myself it is an internal job. If I want the things outside of myself, then I need to start with them inside first, that it ripples out. And I'm always telling my, my patients in my practice, I'm always saying to them, if the internal work doesn't work, the external won't work. So internally, it has to be working for it to be working externally. I can't try to make the external world around me work so that now all of a sudden inside of me, it's working. 
So if the internal doesn't work, the external won't work. So we get this prevailing theme throughout God's, God's word. That love never fails. And that's 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you to, to take some time and read that chapter. And I want you to read it differently. I want you to read it understanding that God is saying, this is how I love you. This is my example to you. So I'm telling you I love you this way, not to tell you how bad you are, all the ways that you're not loving correctly. I'm telling you that on a daily basis, I am patient with you. I'm kind towards you. That I don't rejoice when bad things happen to you. That I trust in you. I believe in you. That my love for you will never fail. And it's imperative that we really internalize that word of God. Because you see, relationships take work. They take effort. And God's entire ministry is based on this intense effort that he puts forth in us and that he puts forth for us. So this is due to the fact that anything of value requires work and commitment. So you have to understand that if you want a relationship that's working, you have to, you have to realize that if, if that's a value to you, anything of value requires effort, requires work. So any relational pleasure received without effort, it's gonna, it won't result in any lasting strength or growth in the relationship. So when you're solely relying on good feelings in a relationship to make it work, it's not going to last. It doesn't have the foundation that it needs. It doesn't have the effort that is required. And the effort is to know someone. The effort is to allow them to know you. So in other words, the key to building strength in any relationship requires the practice of activities that require effort because humans take time. And this is one of the hardest things that we have in our culture today is taking time. We have so many things that want to take up our time and we don't give individuals time. One of the reasons that, that I, regardless of what the economy is, my, my, my practice survives because the needs of humans never change. And what happens when they come into my office is that someone is taking time and they have time spent on them. They have someone that cares. They have someone that's very interested in them, that wants to know them, wants to figure them out. And that's what I do all day. And I love my job because this is what humans need. So it's important that we realize that we're strengthening relationship. What God tells us is, number one, we need to assign priority, top priority to a relationship, the way that God assigns priority to us. And we need to cultivate that intimacy, which means if I want to be known by somebody, I need to know myself. As an adult, it's my responsibility to help someone understand me. It's not their job to understand me. It's my job to, to explain myself, to help them to know me and to understand me. So I want to start with knowing me. And I, want to, I, I need to dare to talk about the love that I have for people and for that person. And I need to not be shy about that. I need to not be withholding of that. I need to dare to talk about my love. I need to learn gestures of loving kindness. What would be gestures of loving kindness? Well, one of them would be time, patience, long-suffering, kindness, forgiveness, empathy. 
These are things that, sh- that are gestures of the loving kindness that God shows for us. And I need to create an atmosphere of safety, which means that there has to be a great level of acceptance when I'm wanting to practice intimacy. So thank you for listening to Quinonia. This is Cynthia Hyatt again, and I'm going to be back in about five minutes, and we will finish this up as we are learning why God wants us in relationship. There's a false expectation that some Christians have. It's that following Jesus makes for an easy life. Well, considering that Jesus was perfect and he still faced opposition and unjust treatment, why should we expect anything different? This week on Walk in the Word, James McDonald turns to the Gospel of John for a realistic look at the Christian life and finding joy in the middle of struggles. That's this week on Walk in the Word. There is a radio station on right now where you can take your family and not be embarrassed, where you can find hope when things seem the darkest, where you can understand life's challenges and what to do about them. This is that radio station. We are Faith Talk 1360. And now we are available live online and on your mobile app at christianradio.com. And the good news is we're in good company. Only stations like ours are invited in. Join us now online and on your mobile app at christianradio.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. When our daughter Emma was born, we took a look at our credit card debt. It was not a good situation. We had been running up balances for quite some time, and it became a crisis. Finally, my wife Vicki said, call Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496 to talk to a certified counselor. We called them. They contacted all of our creditors. They stopped the collections calls. They got the interest reduced, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your bills, stop collections calls, wipe out late fees, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We are now completely debt-free, and we will never be in the spot we were again thanks to trinity if your debt has you down call trinity at 1-800-936-5496 my name is john i'm vicky and i'm emma and, and we're, we're debt free for keeps that's 1-800-936-5496 unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by feedthepig.org well i finally did it my student loan is totally paid off i can't believe it I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. 
Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. How do I choose a book? Is it the cover? Uh, yeah, sometimes, I guess you know it's sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual, so it's a combination of those two. The first book I remember was Captain's Courageous. When I finished that book, I had become so involved with these characters. So here's the thing. If a book's really, really impressing me and the writing is really, really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the ends, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Well, if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Quinania on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. And I'm Cynthia Hyatt filling in for Tom Brown today. And we are talking about why God wants us in relationship. And before we start this last part of the show, I want to encourage you to um, listen on Sundays at 4 o'clock. I have a show on this same station. It's called Conversations with Cynthia. Sundays at 4. And we really talk all about relationship. I'm a psychotherapist here in the Valley. And I also am a speaker and a lecturer, and, and I love to, to speak at any events that you may have. So you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is spelled just like it sounds. It's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. You can also like me on my Facebook page, which is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., and that's I-N-C for Incorporated. And you can, get, you can look there and have uh, daily devotions, and um, you can find out where I'm speaking or performing. And so I would love it when you post on that and give me insights and ask me questions and all those types of things. So as we are finishing up this show on why God wants us in relationship, we want to look at this passage in John 17. And it's one of my favorite ones because it really gives us an idea of what God is shooting for and what the whole point of this is and what, what is the meaning behind that, the whole reason that he created his son and why he is so aggressively pursuing relationship with humans when they are really quite problematic. So this is what he says in uh, chapter 17, starting at verse 20. It says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that they all may, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. And that's really amazing. What you want to think about is Jesus was praying. He says, it's, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That's us. And Jesus is saying that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And that is through the way that we love one another, the way we love ourselves. And I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, so they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So this is very powerful to think about. This is God's primary uh, modus operandi, if you would like to say it that way, is that he is seeking relationship with us, and he is wanting relationship with us the way he has relationship with Jesus and with Holy Spirit. 
He is wanting the three in one, just as he has the Trinity. He is wanting us to join in that oneness, in that unity. Now, understand that I'm a psychotherapist, and and, uh, when we talk a lot about boundaries and enmeshment, this can sound very much like we are losing ourselves in this whole process. But what we see is that Jesus is saying that they are one as we are one. And so when we look at the, at the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, we see we have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three very separate entities, and those three make one. But they never lose who they are in that process. And this is one of the things that God is wanting in relationship, is that we enjoy unity because that's a part of the image of God, that he loves unity with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Well, he wants us to share in what that feels like. So intimacy is the way that we share in, in God's relational plan. And so we see that in, in chapter 17, where, he's, where Jesus is saying, my prayer is not for them alone, but I'm praying for those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, just as you are in me and I am in you. So what God does is he's making that happen one person at a time. So he's causing me to have an internal world that is unified so that I am one with myself. And so I'm not trying to get away from myself. I don't hate myself. I'm not living in enmity with myself so that I can better than connect, attach, relate, and be one and like-minded with others without losing myself. And as I do that, I am also able to do that with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the easiest way is that I work on my relationship with God, that I am one with God, that I'm one with myself, and then I practice that oneness with others. So this whole reason that God is wanting us in relationship, let's look at one reason. Well, he knows that if we're not in relationship, we grow wild. And we have John 15, 1, which is a great verse to look at. And it says, the vine, this is about the vine and the branches. He says, I'm the true vine, My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it may be even more fruitful. So God wants us in relationship because this is part of the pruning process. That when we rub up against each other, as it says in Proverbs 27, 17, see, this is why God wants us in relationship because we have this iron sharpens iron. And where that, where that saying really comes from is, is in those days when they were creating swords and sharpening swords, they would rub swords against each other. And the more rust or impurity or roughness that were on those, those blades, the more sparks would fly. So when that, when that um, sword was sharpened to the place that it needed to be, they could rub it against another sword and no sparks would fly. So in current day, I tell clients, I say it's kind of like Velcro. You don't want to be a walking piece of Velcro. So one of the things that relationship affords us is that sharpening process or that smoothing process that I don't end up being like Velcro. I don't snag on everything. And if you're in relationship with someone that kind of snags on everything, it's tough. It it's, can be exhausting. So one of the things that God is working on us in relationship is that we learn to major in the majors, not in the minors, versus the other way around. And so why else would God want us in relationship? Well, for encouragement. And we see this beautifully in Hebrews 10.25, where it says, so let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. 
not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as the big day approaches. So this passage in Hebrews, and that was the message translation, he says, let's get inventive about how we can be encouraging and loving and helping others and not avoiding worshiping together. Now, what, what would that be? Not avoiding relationship is what he is saying. He's saying, let's, let's be inventive about how we can encourage and love and inspire each other. Let's not, let's not just do what comes naturally, what's easiest, and avoid each other, avoid that pruning process. So why else would God want us in relationship? Well, for meaning and for purpose. And we see this very well in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 7. It says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we've received. So it's for comfort. We also see that it's to multiply ourselves, so we know that. That, there's, that we see in, in Ecclesiastes 4.9, and I'm not just talking about procreation, but it says two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. And so when we multiply, when we connect with other people, we get a lot more work done with a lot more ease. We also see that there are strength in numbers. Just as we are adding to that multiplicity, we get Ecclesiastes following farther down in that chapter 4, in verses 11 and 12, it says, Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? So the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And I think in the Message Bible, it says a, a cord of three strands is not quickly snapped. So there's strength in numbers when we are relationally connected through intimacy, through commitment, Practicing the love chapter, we have incredible strength that we would not have alone. And I know that this is painful because there are many of us that feel very alone, even if we are in relationship with people. Even if we're surrounded by people, we're not alone, but we feel lonely. And I want to really encourage you, if that's kind of where you, if that's where you're feeling today, and you're hearing all about why God wants you in relationship, and you're saying, well, Cynthia... I want to be in relationship. I'm not trying to actively avoid relationship. I want relationships. And if that's the cry of your heart, I want to encourage you today that God knows that. He made you with that desire. How he's going to walk that out, I don't know. What I do know for myself, and I, I had been single for a great majority of my adult life, I know what it feels like to have to do your life alone and how to work on not being lonely how to work harder at connecting with people because they're not just living in your house with you. And so we really want to work on that connection with ourself, that we like our own company because we are that much better able to do it with other people. And that we work with God on that refining process and that pruning process and saying, okay, Lord, if you're not giving me close, intimate relationships, then I'm going to have to get that pruning process, that sharpening process through you and through Jesus and through my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so we're, we're being bold and asking God to fill in those gaps while we are working on the part that we can do. And that's loving myself the way that I would like or the opportunity to love my neighbors. So what would be another reason that God would want us in relationship? Well, he understands that we need connection. 
and to guard against loneliness. And we saw that in Genesis chapter 2, 18. And we also see this in Psalm 68, 6. And this was a, a promise verse for me for decades, actually, that I would read. And Psalm 68, 6 says, God sets the lonely in families. He sets the lonely in families. And we are to pray that he puts us in family. Whatever that family looks like. It may be a strange assortment of people that make up a family in our adult life. It may be actually a marriage. It may be um, our church. It may be our community. It may be um, working through a forgiveness process with actually our, our family of origin. Maybe we have newness in our family of origin. But we want to say to God, I'm needing the encouragement to battle loneliness. I need you to set me in a family. And so when we look further, what we want to remind ourselves is that love is unconditional, but intimacy is earned. And we want to be that type of a person that people want to have intimacy with. And that means that I need to be a safe person. I need to learn how to do that. That means I learn to major in the majors, not in the minors. That means I let God do that refining process. So I want you to come back with me in the last segment, the last couple of minutes, while we talk about some good direction to go from here. And this is Cynthia Hyatt with Quinonia, and I'll talk to you in a few minutes. We live in a fiercely independent day. We look up to the Mavericks who made it all by themselves. But on the next Insight for Living, Chuck Swindoll reminds us that God wants us to be engaged in a community of friends. Walking together is far better than walking through life alone. That's next time on Insight for Living. Do you have an emergency? Yeah, a big semi-truck that plowed into another one on I-10 okay. in the middle of a dust storm. Dust storms in Arizona don't always come with a warning. Okay, is anybody hurt? Uh, I can't even get out of my truck to see. I mean, it just went dark, and the next thing you know, you hear boom. Never drive into a dust storm. Learn more at pullasidestayalive.org. Sponsored by ADOT in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. The latest from the IRS is that they have been targeting the adult children and sometimes grandchildren in pursuit of overpayment of old Social Security benefits from descendants of the deceased who allegedly received that overpayment. I couldn't believe that such an abuse was widespread when I first heard about it. I thought that had to be an aberration, but I was wrong. The Washington Post has reported of this incredible overreach and that it is supposedly being ended, but not before everyone got another whiff of what metastatic government looks like. The feds are just drunk on power. The indifference to promises made, to rules that are deemed inconvenient, to oversight and to basic constitutional order are now spreading an attitude throughout the vast federal bureaucracy of unaccountability that results in such extraordinary, indeed almost unbelievable abuses. And it's going to get worse unless and until the people throw a collective flag in November. To do so, how about picking a Senate race or two or four or five and joining me in an investment to bring back accountability to D.C.? 
Hi friends, John Dombrowski here. To have a solid retirement plan, you simply have to expect the unexpected. Prudent planning suggests a need for a stress test. This is a chance to become a temporary pessimist and look at all the bad things that could happen and how that would affect you. For example, what if inflation suddenly rose to 10% or the stock market suffered another 50% setback where your 401k lost half its value? Now include the loss of a spouse or a major medical expense. While we hope and pray these things don't happen, observing the consequences can really open your eyes to the risks you're taking with your money. Once you see the risks, you can manage them more prudently. Many of today's investors are exposed to a lot of risk because they haven't considered all the possibilities. To have a solid plan, you simply have to expect the unexpected and let the lessons of others serve as your motivation to obtain professional help. Call me for a free retirement planning review at 480-991-1055. That's 480-991-1055. Or visit us on the web at grandcanyonplanning.com. I'm John Dombrowski, and remember, don't run out of money before you run out of time. Well, you're listening to Quinania on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, filling in for Tom Brown. And we are to the end of our show, and thank you so much for listening today. I'm always so thankful when I get to fill in for Tom. I want to encourage you to visit my uh, website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show that I do here on this very station on Sundays at 4 p.m. So we are finishing this show, and it was, it was about why God wants us in relationship. And so I want you to remember some of those key pieces, is that first, we understand that relationships are unavoidable. We are just relational beings. We can't help it. We, will, we relate to inanimate objects. What we can avoid, though, is intimacy. And the more that we avoid intimacy, and that's that being known and knowing another, the more that we can ensure that those relationships we have are negative. And so we want to really focus on how God helps us to have that intimacy that he's desiring for us. And we looked at the chapter 17 in the book of John that talked about the idea that Jesus had, that he prayed for us, that we would be one. And that oneness isn't about losing our identity. That oneness is that securing peace that comes with true intimacy and relationship and that God is wanting with us and with the people that he loves And I want you to think again that love is unconditional. So agape love is what we give every human while they're in their process with God. But intimacy is earned. And we see this with the Lord, that he loves the world. We see that in John 3.16, but we see he's not friends with everyone. Because intimacy, that is earned and that requires behavioral changes. That requires me being on top of me. That requires me being a grown-up. So we want to be practicing these things. And so I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. I want you to say, do I trust God with my relationships? Do I believe that I need relationship with people in order to honor the Lord and grow in relationship with him? And so I want to list for myself a couple of reasons that illustrate why God wants me in relationship and what are the ones that I'm resisting. And then I want you to ask God where you are to grow and change and repent in your relationships. So I'm so glad you joined me today. Make sure you join in Monday through Friday from 2 to 3 and listen to Tom Brown and Quinania. And join me on Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock with Conversations with Cynthia. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.